Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Netflix and Swill podcast, your source for Netflix news, reviews, and booze. I'm Caleb. And I strike first, strike hard, with no mercy. Uh, and I believe that Swill is for defense only. That's actually, that's a really good one. Um, I'm very proud of that one. <laughs> How are you, uh, my my good, good friend, Daniel-san? I forgot about that. You've reminded me entirely about why I never watched any more of the Karate Kids. Uh, I'm fine, I guess. It's uh, the start of spooky season. We're, you know, four days into to Halloween. I'm trying to watch a Halloween movie, or I'm sorry, a horror movie every day because I hate myself. Yeah. For Spooptober. Mm-hmm. The Spooptabular. How's how's that going for you? Uh, I've officially watched four movies in the last four days that are considered horror movies, uh, and I've I've watched one each day. Well, look at you go! I know, right? I'm real proud if, of myself. If only, if only all of us could have that kind of time. No, that's uh, that's cool. It is nice that my girlfriend will basically watch anything with me. So it's like our our time to hang out is us watching, you know, TV shows and movies together. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well. I've been spending a lot of money on Magic the Gathering and mm-hmm. playing a lot of Magic the Gathering Arena. The standard format is horribly broken and uh I heard the the <laughs> economy of the game is is uh incredibly predatory and bad um well sure it but so you bring up a you brought up the point and i think this is with all card games like all card games have this problem with their main tournament format where it cost like the best cards cost way too much money on the secondary market are mm-hmm. short printed and extremely rare like um for instance, Yu-Gi-Oh! Yu-Gi-Oh! gets released in Japan three months ahead of... Like, a set gets released three months ahead of time, or something like that, in Japan. They... Japan then play tests it, basically, finds the most optimal builds, and then when they import the set over here, they rarely bump the stuff that people like playing a lot in Japan. It is a massive yeah. problem with that game. Yeah, that's weird. Um, They did release the new set a week early on Arena, so everybody had already, like, solved the format uh, <laughs> by the time the paper came out. Not that paper magic matters or really exists, uh, because they've been systematically cutting support for it for the last couple years. Oh, and, really? Um, trying to capitalize on Arena, because there's, like, there's no overhead. They can sell you imaginary packs of cards that you can't uh, resell, because... Hasbro hates this, that there's a secondary market for singles. Um, and their other new thing is they're they're doing uh, they call them secret layers, where like 
Wizards of the Coast directly sells cards to people. So like you just buy the singles from them and it doesn't huh. go through the the secondary market at all, which is extremely problematic. Um how so? Cuz I th- I think now, like, that's super interesting. So they'll they'll announce it and it's basically like a flash sale. Um and for the most part it's they do like cards from throughout the history of the game. Uh, with different art, and it's like, hey, this is on sale for one day. Buy it if you want, and you can have this unique artwork on this card. Uh, and that's that had been, you know, the product as they introduced it to us, because like that wasn't terrible. Like it, it, it's predatory, but like it's something for, you know, the whales, the people that spend a lot of money on the game that, you know, have cash to burn and and want to kind of bling out their decks and whatever. Right. But they announced in like the community has been in an uproar about it. They are doing secret lair, the walking dead. Uh, so they're making Rick Grimes, uh, Michonne, Negan, Glenn, and uh, who, whatever fucking other walking dead character. Cause nobody cares about that show. <laughs> They're making them into Magic the Gathering cards. Wait, excuse me? But they're not... Okay, so they have, um, like, silver-bordered cards that are, like, not officially legal in any format. They use those for, like, joke sets that are just fun and only playable in that its own format. But these are actually, like, black-border tournament-legal cards that are mechanically unique. They're not just, like, existing cards with walking dead artwork they're mechanically unique cards that you can only buy for one week directly from wizards of the coast and that is extremely problematic because it's it's very predatory because like people are gonna be like oh i have to buy it now or i'll miss it forever and then if they become you know like a thing that people want to play a lot in you know, whatever tournament formats they want to play. Since it's such a limited print run, each card is going to be like $200 plus on the secondary market. Right. Uh, And everybody hates this. Everybody's super mad about it. And um, Hasbro is the devil. Which, like, I don't understand why they would do black border cards that are, like, legal in... um, like legacy formats and stuff because they've they've actually made magic the gathering cards before with uh transformers and with my little pony because hasbro owns both franchises but they did those in silver bordered so like people were like okay yeah it's you know it's just a promo you know fun thing that they can do it's not gonna completely fuck up the game and the economy of the game uh and then they did cards with Godzilla on them, but they were uh, just alternate art versions of existing cards. They weren't mechanically unique. Right. But just YouTube has been hilarious for me the last few days because I watch so much magic content on YouTube that like that's my entire algorithm at this point. And so my entire feed has just been people flipping out about the the Walking Dead secret lair for magic and how much it sucks and how terrible Hasbro is. 
So how much has Tolarian Community College been complaining? Because that is the only magic YouTuber that I'm aware of. A lot. Uh, he is the best magic YouTuber. Um, but there's a couple other ones that I follow. Like there's uh, there's one that I I watch called the Commander's Quarters, which is uh, he does videos about the commander format, but through like like he builds decks on a budget. So like the average commander deck will be like two, three, four hundred dollars, whatever. So he says, like he sets a limit of like twenty five dollars. I'm going to use this commander. This is how the deck wins. And, you know, every card in it's like under twenty five cents or whatever. Sure. So he just builds like really cool functional decks on like a super tight budget. He like he had like five videos within three days of just like. 20 minute long videos of him just like freaking out about this. And I was just like, are you okay? (laughs) (laughs) There's been, there's been a lot of things throughout the game's history that people were like, Oh, this is the end of magic. Like the game's just dead at this point, which, uh, you know, of course it's happening again now, but like, um, like, I don't think the game is going away. I think it is very damaging to the game, but that's kind of how, like uh since Hasbro purchased Wizards of the Coast like that's kind of just how corporate culture is like yes a new CEO will come in they'll try to wring every little bit of money they can out of something that's profitable um and then they'll you know leave that company sh- saying like hey this each quarter our profits went up and they'll leave that company and go work for another company that um, you know, pays them more money and they don't care, you know, about the destruction it leaves in their wake. And I'm pretty sure that's what's happening right now with, with magic. Cause like they announced the next few sets, one's going to be like, uh, about a, a school for wizards. So they're almost guaranteed to do a Harry Potter tie in. Which like everybody's been dreading, but I'm I'm sure it'll fucking happen. And then there's something else stupid too. Um, oh, the the set that's gonna follow that is because again Hasbro owns both properties now. Um, the next one is just this is Dungeons and Dragons on Magic cards. Mm-hmm. So like the the universes are officially connected now. Yikes. So that's that's kind of been my life lately. There's a lot of other things going on in the world. I'm sure everybody's already heard about them, but uh that that was my little soapbox about how uh how cardboard rectangles have ruined my life. I don't know, I have nothing to say here. Uh I don't I don't play magic enough to know anything about this, so uh God bless. It's infuriating because, like, it is a game that I enjoy and I would like to see it flourish and not be, you know, destroyed for short-term gain. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's a very good game, but there's a lot of other good games out there uh, that don't cost $50 for five cards that you can't even actually play a game with unless you spend... Another five hundred dollars right. on the rest of the deck. 
Which that's the other thing. There's five cards in the Walking Dead thing, and it they're charging you fifty dollar fifty American dollars for it. And, and the other thing that's really problematic is that it's not going to be available in other countries. So if it becomes oh, like what a, a meta defining thing that like you have to have to be able to play certain formats that like um basically like if you're in Europe like you won't be able to play the game or whatever. Hmm. Well then. Yeah, I don't know. I uh I don't know what they're doing. Making a lot of money. Making a lot of money. Um I don't know, it'd be nice if they had like game designers who knew what the fuck to do. Um anyway, let's actually do the show and uh we'll begin with a segment called What's Your Swill? Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans! Stay away from the cans! So, uh, why don't you tell me what you're having there, Dan? Well, as soon as I saw it in Cobra Kai, I knew this had to be the swill for the week. I'm, of course... Can we say it at the same time? Oh, good. Uh, yes, uh, I am having, and you are likely having, Coors A Coors Banquet. Banquet. Yeah. yeah. The official beverage of Johnny Lawrence. Do you have it in the little stubby bottle? Mm-hmm. It's the only way I could find it, too. <laughs> I wanted to message you and be like, I hope you did the right thing for your swill, but, like, I knew that if I did, it would it would ruin it and that it would cheapen things if it didn't happen organically. True. Uh, although you did say bottle opener, I was, like, very concerned because mine is uh, strictly a twist-off. Mine is a twist-off, but I didn't realize it was a twist-off, so I hit it with the opener. Oh, uh, okay. Because it didn't look like it was. Also, I didn't realize that uh, the first name of the founder of the Coors Beer Company is Adolf. Yep, Adolf Coors Company, Golden, Colorado. This is 1936 Stubby Bottle. I can see why he didn't use the Adolf anymore. Yeah, no shit. Uh, it's alright. It, yeah, I've had worse domestics. <laughs> I think the only problem was the six pack was eight dollars. I don't think uh, I don't think this is good enough for eight dollars. But then again, Vanessa got me a twelve pack, so I'm committed now. Yikes! I have a lot of beer left over in the fridge, so I actually have a lot of like too much alcohol in this house, so that's a problem. But it is whatever. All right. Uh, speaking of whatever, let's do some news. Oh, shit, it's mail time. So I want to point out, you you posted this story when I was just willing to completely ignore it and pretend it didn't exist. But <laughs> here we are. Uh, F is for Family, the Bill Burr show, uh, has been renewed for its fifth and final season. Um, I just thought maybe you would want to acknowledge it because you're you're never going to have to hear anything about it ever again. I mean, that's fair. What, I watched the first season, it was six episodes, they were about half an hour apiece, it, it took like three hours to watch, uh, and I was like, boy, I sure do hate th- what Bill Burr has become, because I remember Bill Burr on, like, The Chappelle Show, where he was, you know, witty and funny, and didn't just screech at the top of his lungs at everything, so, you know, what a, what a great comedian he used to be. Uh, I guess so. Um... <laughs> The next story is very exciting for me. A live-action Conan the Barbarian series is in the works. 
Do you have any people that you want to play Conan? Like, I know we had Jason Momoa in the 2011 movie, I think it was. Oh, my. Um, I mean, I do still really wish that they did another Schwarzenegger Conan movie where he was old. Like had King to, Conan? Like, yeah, and he had to come. But uh, I know that's not going to happen at this point. Um, fuck, who even could? I think Momoa's out. I thought he was actually a pretty good Conan. I liked him. Uh, because unlike Schwarzenegger, he could speak English and actually like <laughs> brought some of Conan's original intelligence to the screen. Um, I, I don't know necessarily that it has to be like a super muscle bound guy. I'd like to see more of like a, like a, a an athletic, but like not super bulky Conan, like very, he's supposed to be like muscular, but like graceful, like a Panther, you know what I mean? Sure. Um, I don't know. I hope they're, I hope they're ballsy enough to go with like Conan's canonical haircut, uh, which is basically like shoulder length, straight black hair with bangs. <laughs> I mean, you would hope so. You you got to lean into some some certain aspects and uh yeah actually uh in the original Conan movie with Schwarzenegger uh think of Thulsa Doom's haircut in oh, that no! Conan had in the book yeah yes sir oh oh no <laughs> contemplate that on the tree of woe I forgot Ashley left uh, and every time the, anybody walks in through the fucking door, uh, Anyang has to bark at everybody. Ashley just came in to apologize. Now she closed the door. This Great. wasn't as interesting as last week where she tried to, like, 1940s cartoon sneak through the, the room. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know who could play Conan. Um, most of the actors that I'm really into right now are, like, super scrawny that's fair like i i couldn't really see adam driver as conan yeah yeah i guess that's true uh what about uh we could get uh <laughs> william zabka to to play him he's graceful like panther <laughs> <laughs> fuck it keanu <laughs> why not keanu's in everything now just give us why a... the fuck not yeah that's true yeah. So be on the lookout for this. This probably isn't coming out to like twenty twenty two with the earliest, so uh yeah. just keep on waiting. Pending a, a coronavirus uh fucking vaccine. True. I think the big thing right now, 'cause like uh I know you don't care about football has has had a few positive coronavirus tests uh over the last week. And Well of course they did. And now every well, it's it's even a miracle we got through three weeks. Like it's it's yeah. straight up a fucking miracle. I forget what university it was, but uh, there was uh, some university a bit farther south that uh, they had like seven hundred cases. Uh, I think it might have been UNC. I think that sounds right. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, being from this area. Where UNC is, uh, that was that was wonderful to fucking hear. Mask or communism? Uh, speaking of William Zabka, it's time to talk about some uh, trailers 
It came to Netflix this week uh, in Downstream. Baby, I can't control the internet. That's my favorite line! Uh, we got our Cobra Kai Season 3 date announcement. Uh, since the show has just been a juggernaut on Netflix the last couple weeks. Oh, yeah. Uh, to January 8th, uh, with Season 4 confirmed to be in pre-production. Which doesn't surprise me, considering how much of a juggernaut the first two seasons have been. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we'll um, see. This, this show was, like, it was extremely profitable and a wise business decision for Netflix to pick this up. So, uh, good job you did it. Yeah. Like, this is kind of what they were known for at the beginning of their life, was rescuing shows that other networks canceled. Uh, Instead, uh, recently, they've become the canceller. So, it's nice to see a show they pick up. Like, this and Lucifer, like, their two most recent successes of shows that they picked up, put some faith behind them, and said, okay, uh, we'll give you more of this. All right. Um. So, stay tuned for further news on that. Uh, Our next trailer is for the greatest fucking thing I think I've ever seen. Uh, It's called Vampires vs. the Bronx. Uh, It's a movie. It's probably about as dumb as it sounds. Correct. Uh, A group of young friends from the Bronx fight to save their neighborhood from a band of vampires. Uh, So, this is already out. Yes. On Netflix. this looks like it takes the best things from, like, vampire movies like uh, The Lost Boys and, like, the best things from the black exploitation genre and just kind of mashes them all together in a really fun way. Um, the vampires are, like, white people who are gentrifying the neighborhood who also happen to be vampires. Uh, and that's great. I'll tell you what. I wish Rudy Ray Moore was alive. Because he would absolutely be in this fucking movie. Oh my. Oh my. What if uh what if they have to get Blackula to fight the other vampires in this? What if, what if they get the vampire assassin? <laughs> oh what oh god, what is his name? What is Vampire Assassin's name? Blade? No, not Blade. No, 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 no. Uh if you remember there's a red letter media where they uh do uh, it's like okay. Ron something Ron Washington, he's a former NFL player. Hold on, let me see. vampire Ron Hall. Oh my God, it's on Amazon Prime. <laughs> oh my God. Well, I can't wait for you to tell me about it next week. I mean, I have to. No matter what, I have to talk about this now. Yeah. Um. Well, Dan, uh, spooky season may be upon us, but uh, brace your asshole because uh, shitty Hallmark holiday movie season is right around the corner, uh, as evidenced by our next trailer, Holidate. Holidate, starring Emma Roberts. Find your perfect plus one. Sloan and Jackson hate the holidays. They constantly find themselves single, sitting at the kids' table, or stuck with awkward dates. But when these two strangers meet during one particularly bad Christmas, they make a pact to be each other's holiday for every festive occasion throughout the next year. 
with a mutual disdain for the holidays and assuring themselves that they have no romantic interest in each other. They become each other's perfect plus one, which leads to some hilarious and provocative hijinks. However, as a year of absurd celebrations comes to an end, Sloane and Jackson find that sharing everything they hate may just prove to be something they unexpectedly love. Watch Holiday only on Netflix. Oh my god. Uh, I don't have to because the YouTube description told me the whole movie. Also, if you watched far enough into the trailer where they uh, discover that they are starting to have feelings for one another, you know the exact plot of the movie. Um, I thought Emma Roberts was better than this, but I guess her star has fallen so much that she does these movies now. Like she's and on I have no idea who she is. Uh she's Eric Roberts' daughter. I don't know if I know who that is. You don't know uh he played uh was it Maroney in The Dark Knight? Also he was in um Okay. Do you remember did we do the Stone Cold okay, movie? Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's that guy. Okay. Also, uh, more notably, you know him from the Mr. Bright- Brightside video. Yeah, I um Huh. One of those character actors that uh, every time I see him in something, I'm like, oh, it's that guy, and never bother to find out who he is. Yeah, Eric Roberts is probably my one of my favorite character actors, because like, whenever you watch him in B-movies, he's almost certainly drunk doing the, the B-movie. <laughs> uh, he was in that Stone Cold movie. I don't remember if we did that as a cautionary tale of Netflix, but uh, he was in that Stone Cold movie I ta- we talked about like earlier this year. Uh, and he was Stone Cold's partner, and he was killed in the first ten minutes. So you know he oh, showed yeah. up on set for one day, got paid a whole bunch of money, and then walked away. Do you know why he did the movie? No, because Stone Cold said so. I don't know how I didn't see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> Me of all people. You dumb piece of shit. You walked straight into my perfectly laid trap. You activated my trap card. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Why didn't they bring back trap cards for this magic set? And you it, fucking cowards. Just make magic Yu-Gi-Oh. Fuck it. Who gives a shit? Oh, fuck it. I don't know. Yu-Gi-Oh cards are like a weird size, though. I'd have to buy new card sleeves. They're very tiny. Like the uh, you when I go to the card store, you have to look for small, and sometimes like the small sleeves are like colors I fucking hate. So I'm like, uh, I don't want to use these. Fuck that. I'll just keep using my dirty ass sleeves. Uh, speaking of dirty ass sleeves, it's time to talk about our latest trailer. Someone has to die. A limited series from Spain. Wait, hold on. We're gonna talk about this, but did they just fucking announce a new Spider-Man movie with Andrew Garfield? No. As far as I know. Because okay. there's a... Are they doing live-action Spider-Verse for the next Tom Holland one? Uh, that's the... Because there's a YouTube video here that it's suggesting for me that says Marvel Studios Phase 4 Spider-Man 3 Andrew Garfield movies announcement breakdown. Uh, that sounds like clickbait to me. Because... That's very clickbaity. Because, uh... The the rumor going around is that Jamie Foxx is going to reprise his role as Electro in the next Spider-Man yeah, movie. Nice. I would like that. 
it's interesting. I'm still upset that it's not Craven the Hunter, considering th- what the end of the f- last Spider-Man movie was. Because yeah, and also because Craven is an excellent, excellent villain. Could you imagine? I, I don't know. Let's say, for instance, I don't know, Jason Momoa as Craven the Hunter. Oh my God. You're welcome, I Marvel. Ha- I have to see that movie. You're welcome, Marvel. You have it right there. Use I hope, it. I hope that DC didn't sign like an exclusivity deal with him. I know they're also doing that stu- weird thing where Ant-Man 3 is going to have Kang the Conqueror. And I'm like, wait, but what about Avengers? What? Whatever, wh- whatever the next Avengers is. Why not use Kang for that? Because Kang is much more powerful than a Scott Lang enemy. Fuck it. What? When are you making a Squirrel Girl movie, you cowards? Disney Plus series. Yeah, make her fight Galactus. Because she does in the comics, and she won. Of course she does. She's Squirrel Girl. She's the unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Uh, so, so someone has to die. Uh, I, I looked at the trailer, or I looked at like, the still image to start the trailer, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be like a ready or not kind of thing. And then I watched it, and I'm like, Yeah, I'm, that's what, what I thought at this? first. The, the, I have no idea. I don't know what this is. Is this like the most dangerous game where it's rich people hunting people? I'm looking it up on IMDb. Oh, here we go. The only thing that the Netflix uh, YouTube description has for it is uh, someone has to die. Beware to be yourself. In conservative 1950s Spain, the alleged relationship between a young man and a Mexican ballerino... It creates an uproar of harrowing consequences. So apparently it's, uh, we hate gay people. Huh. Didn't get that from the trailer. Say what you want about every other trailer that we watched today for, for the show. That is the worst one, because it tells me nothing about the show. Uh, I don't understand what it's about, what the feel is, anything. That is the worst trailer we've seen this week. Except for the Monster Hunter teaser. We don't talk about that. No, we talk about that because... Look, be, look, because look I at need, how they massacred my boy. Because we need to talk about Mila Jovovich holding a fucking chain gun. Yeah, or the guy shooting a, a rifle with a scope at the Diablos, and he has the eye that's looking into the scope closed and his other eye open. How the fuck do gun work, guns work? Fucking idiot. That that movie's gonna be a schlockfest. Uh I can't wait to actually secretly enjoy it, but also hate it. Well sure. That's what most of the time that's what a schlockfest is. It's like you enjoy yourself, but you're like, holy fuck, this is this is just a trash can. Uh the next trailer is for his house. After making a harrowing escape from war-torn South Sudan, a young refugee couple struggle to adjust to their new life in a small English town that has an unspeakable evil lurking beneath the surface. Um, I can't tell if this is a movie about a guy going crazy or a town that's like run by a demon cult or, you know, something tangentially related to one of those concepts. Uh, but I'm kind of on board for this. I am very on this board. Was interesting. For this. Uh, I think it's a lot of social commentary because, like, the way the first part of the trailer is set up. Because I watched the whole thing, actually. I was very engrossed by this trailer. Uh, it's like they can live in this apartment 
like on a temporary basis, like and they're going to be constantly checked up on. So the way I understood it was either A, they are actually going crazy or B, uh, like they the government doesn't want these people in these houses and wants to send them back. So they try to drive them insane and then force them to like expose themselves in some way, shape or form to being uh, unfit to remain in the country. That is how I understood it. I think that's very interesting. I definitely want to check this out. So is this a topic? Yeah, we can make that uh, 11-3 top. Oh, God, that's the election day. (laughs) We'll need something to distract us. Uh, The next trailer is Social Distance. Set in the initial months of the COVID-19 pandemic, Social Distance is an eight-part anthology series that showcases the power of the human spirit in the face of uncertainty and isolation. A hard pass. Uh, There was one that looked potentially interesting, which was uh, Mike Coulter basically going insane, and he's a recovering alcoholic, so you're wondering if, you know, he'll uh, fall back back into alcoholism in order to, like, kind of kill time. Uh, That's about it. Otherwise, like, there's apparently, like, like a funeral going on and all this kind of... It's whatever. Whatever. Uh, This is going to seem like an archaic look back of this despicable time that none of us want to deal with yeah uh and our last trailer for this week is inexplicably jingle jangle a christmas journey everything is possible a musical adventure and a visual spectacle for the ages jingle jangle a christmas journey is a wholly fresh and spirited family holiday event set in the gloriously vibrant town of cobbleton the film follows legendary toy maker Jeronicus Jangle, Academy Award winner Forrest Whitaker, whose fanciful Save inventions burst in Save the Dream <laughs> Whose fanciful inventions burst with whimsy and wonder. But when his trusted apprentice, Emmy winner Keegan Michael Key, steals the most prized creation, it's up to his equally bright and inventive granddaughter, newcomer Madeline Mills, and a f- long forgotten invention to heal old wounds and reawaken the magic within uh from the imagination of writer director david e talbert jingle jangle a christmas journey reminds us of the strength of family and the power of possibility featuring original songs by john legend philip lawrence davy nathan and this day performed by usher and kiana lady 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 a woman's name <laughs> um uh, uh, I like the cast. Oh yeah, the cast is very good. Its biggest problem is that it's an out and out musical. At least that's how it looks. So I, yeah. I find musicals. Uh, I annoying. don't like the aesthetic. Sure. It look. It looks very produced. Like it looks like a, a stage play that they filmed. Like I don't know. That's fair. Like everything's everything's like too colorful and manufactured. Yeah. Will I check this out? Maybe. Uh, I mean, we we looked at Christmas. It's no Chronicles. Christmas Chronicle. We looked at Christmas Chronicle. Went. There's no way this can be good. Watched it. And went. Holy fuck! This is actually good. So, for all we know, this is another one of that scenario. 
<laughs> well, that's that. That's the trailers. Uh, let's do some quick hits. <laughs> Dan, what did you watch this week? Uh, I watched Apostle again. Uh, I did a review of it over on our website because I decided that I would just do a review on our website. I don't know why I felt inspired to, but I did. It's very quick. It's very short. Probably about like two minute, two minute read through. So uh, go check it out there. Otherwise, uh, I watched mainly Cobra Kai all week. Uh, whereas I binged it in like a day and a half. Well, I watched I watched it up until like the thirtieth. We finished season one, and then it was like, all right, it's time to watch a bunch of other shit. And then horror season happened, so I was like, all right, we're gonna binge this all uh, all of season two on uh, Saturday. All right, um, I decided to check out Sing On, which is the uh, karaoke competition show uh, with Titus Burgess as the host. The show's fun. It's uh it's a game show. It's got Titus Burgess. He's he's wonderfully charismatic. Mm-hmm. And I like the concept. It's uh they decide who's the best singer by using a, a vocal analyzer program. So think of uh the vocal part of rock band. Yeah, I don't know. I watched this for Titus Burgess. <laughs> That's fair. I just like him a lot. That was always Each allowed. episode kind of has a theme, like one's like, this is Titus's party mix, and uh, this is like his rock playlist, and this is uh, songs from movies. So, uh, yeah. Okay. It's, it's a fine show. It's a, it's a game show. I don't know. I don't know what you want from me. I don't know if you're into game shows or care about this in any way, but if you are, go watch it. Um, and then I caught the, the back half of Blumhouse's Truth or Dare, which my wife was inexplicably watching. But why? And said, it's not that bad. And then I sat down with her and watched it. And uh, she complained the whole time. (sighs) I I think she thought it was that bad and tried to tell herself it wasn't that bad. Sometimes you, uh... You're like me, and you you th- you search for like the deeper meaning of a movie, and yeah. you're like, ah, it's pretty good b- based off of that. But it's like, nope, nope, that's not, that's not, that's not how that works. A bunch of kids go in a house. They start playing Truth or Dare. I guess like at one point, one of them had died during a Truth or Dare game, and like all the r- still living friends went to play a Truth or Dare game. Again, for some reason, but like they get dares from the spooky haunted house that they're in. Are you sure it was Blumhouse? Like, I think it was Blumhouse. All right, I don't know. They make all the bad horror movies, well, don't they? Here's here's what I'm gonna ask: Was the the girl from not the uh, not Tara Reed, not Ian Zeering, but the other girl from Sharknado in the movie? I don't know. Because there's only one Truth or Dare on Netflix, and it was distributed by Marvista. Maybe it was the Marvista one. In which case, I have seen that movie. That movie is dreadful. Now it's, uh... This is it, right? I don't know, everybody in the movie looks so generic. Sure. That's That sounds like Marvista. 
At least I think it was more Vista who distributed this. Hang on. I'm going to really quickly watch this trailer on IMDb so that I can be sure. That's fine. I didn't realize there were two Truth or Dare movies. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, it's not loading. Uh, I watched some movie on on Netflix or on some streaming service. I don't even know if it was on Netflix. I watched some movie somewhere called Truth or Dare that my wife was watching. I wouldn't recommend it. I mean... That's the whole story. True. I don't know. Like, the house makes them do stuff. A, a guy gets, like... They have to do three rounds of Truth or Dare and survive it. Um, and, like, I don't know. It's just... It's gore porn. There's a... One guy gets a thing on his phone that says, Dare... I dare you to get run over by a car in the next three minutes. But, like, if you don't do it, like, the dare happens to you anyway. So he had to make somebody run him over with the car, and the girl didn't want to run him over with the car, so the car just came to life and Christine his ass. So, uh, I remember the first thing about the Truth or Dare movie. So, actually, this is actually a sci-fi original. So, sci-fi distributed, which is also just a seal of quality. But... Uh, the first kid has to stick his hand on an electric stove, like a lit ele- electric stove. Uh, I and you said you walked in halfway through. That happens in the first like fifteen minutes. So, yeah, you would never have seen that. Nope. Uh, the things I saw were like the kid getting run over by the car, and then a girl was dared to chain herself to a pipe in the basement, and she didn't want to because there were bugs. Uh, and then she didn't do it within the time limit, and then, like, hordes of bugs just, like, came out of the darkness and, like, swarmed all over her and climbed down her throat and she choked to death. Uh, and then two girls that were still alive got dared to to remove seven living body parts. Yeah, this, is, this is that movie. Yeah, that movie's terrible. Yeah. We, we got okay, there in the end, so everybody. we figured it out. Yep. Yeah, oh, and one of the things was they had to play Russian roulette, and the guy shot himself in the head. I don't remember that. I, I wish I would have remembered that. There was one where the guy didn't do anything, and he, he winds up, like, hanging himself in his room. I think that was also relatively early, though, so. Regardless, that movie's fucking uh, atrocious. But it's on Netflix now, so if you're looking for a, a, a thing to watch for Halloween that you can w- look at your phone almost always throughout the entire movie, uh, that's it. I bet Corey loves it! Oh, I'm sure he does. All right. Uh, why don't we take a short break? And when we come back, we'll get into our main review topic, which is the first two seasons of Cobra Kai. The Netflix and Swill podcast is brought to you by our patrons, Gerald Morris, Bill Sutton, Nick Haskins, Ashley, the Bubby Gorski, Ben Kiefer, Paul Prezula, Daniel Henderson, Julio Oliveira, Jimmy De La Rosa, Chris Yaney, Brianna Petty, Justin Esquivel, Nate Wade, Alan Gallarisi, Duty Dutram, and Dan's mom. If you would like to become a patron of the show, find us at netflixandswill.com slash Patreon. Buy some shit. Visit netflixandswill.com slash merch. Leave a review and tell me how good I'm getting at public speaking. Visit netflixandswill.com slash Apple Podcasts. Thanks for letting us live our dreams of being professional idiots. We now return you to your regularly scheduled banter. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it is time to talk about our main view topic for the week. 
Cobra Kai Seasons 1 and 2. High school rivals Johnny Lawrence and Daniel LaRusso decide to destroy yet another generation of young lives by recklessly training two separate groups of child soldiers. Which side will win the battle for supremacy? The peace-loving until it becomes inconvenient Miyagi-Do Karate Dojo? Or the hard-hitting, beer-swilling, not-psychologically-progressing-after-high-school Cobra Kai Dojo? Will Johnny and Daniel be able to squash their beef before it destroys the lives of everyone around them? And will anyone put these two dangerous men behind bars where they belong? These questions and more will not be answered in Cobra Kai Seasons 1 and 2! I think that's the first thing you have to do with this universe is you need to understand that this universe is set in an alternate reality where karate is the most important thing that's ever happened ever. This is the most important thing to understand with this show. or and, and if you can't get down with this, you will not enjoy it. This show goes by 80s movie logic, which is an extension of cartoon logic. Where, you know, anybody can hit anyone at any time for any reason, and no one will call the cops. This is correct. Uh, until you need that character to go through a specific character arc by going to prison, uh, which seemingly is going to happen uh, in season three for one of them. But we'll get to that when we get to that. So this is all about uh, two middle-aged men who can't get over high school stupid shit. Uh Decades after the 1984 All-Valley Karate Tournament bout, a middle-aged Daniel LaRusso and Johnny Lawrence find themselves martial arts rivals again. Uh, This is an 8.7 out of 10 on IMDb. Jesus Christ, that's high. Very high. Uh, Give me a hot take. Daniel, what do you think of Cobra Kai in broad strokes? Uh, well, in my broad strokes of waxing on and waxing off and cleaning the wash, washing windows and waxing philosophic uh, and and uh, paint the fence and all that other stuff. All the things that you had to do as a child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. Because of your name. I like it. I can't believe I like it, but I like it. It's uh, like you said, the universe is kind of dumb. Uh, and it follows 80s movie logic, which if you can't get past, you're you're not going to have fun, as you said. Uh, once you get past that, it's it's a fun time. Now, are they trying are they trying to teach lessons? Like, yes, ha- like the the 80s generation has kind of ruined people uh, for the worse, uh, and so we have to update what their like what their knowledge base is into something that works in 2020. Yes, of course. But uh, outside of that, this is a fun movie or fun show or whatever you want to call it. Don't take it seriously. This uh, the show is smarter than it really has a right to be. Like, um, the show is very, very good comedic timing. Um, and you can tell it's it's lovingly crafted by people who cared a lot about the source material and grew up with it. Mm-hmm. Um. It's got a lot of little moving parts that fit together in a, a really interesting way, and uh, I liked this quite a bit. There's things about it that I dislike, uh, particularly a few characters that I find completely unredeemable. Especially in season two. That's when they become yeah. highly unredeemable. But like, even those characters are fairly... Like they're they're fine. Like they're not among my most hated characters ever. I think that it was wonderful 
that they were able to get. Oh fuck! What's his name? William Zabka. Well, uh, that's the thing. Like they have, they have the entire original cast, but uh, uh, they actually got Martin Cove to come back as John Kreese, who is my favorite movie villain of all time, just because he is like the -the over-the-top cartoonish villain. Like especially in the third Karate Kid movie, he just like is hamming it the fuck up and is just like larger than life evil for the sake of evil like nonsense person uh and and having him back for this was so satisfying and so smart um yeah i i had a fucking blast with this show i'm not gonna lie sure (laughs) so it's so stupid and i like it so much yeah i mean but there there are some smart elements about it like uh Basically, like, for the first th- few episodes, we get that, you know, the Johnny Lawrence character is stuck in the 80s. Like, he's, like, that high, like, the the Cobra Kai that you, you mentioned in your joke intro about, like, emotionally stunted, can't move past high school. Uh, and that is what ultimately makes yeah. him reopen the Cobra Kai. How much Kai you want to bet I can throw a football over them mountains? Yeah, he, he is the Uncle Rico of this show because he is truly <laughs> trapped in high school. Uh, then there's the Daniel LaRusso character who... Uh, is stunted by high school in a different way because he's cashing in off of his success of yeah. being the 1984 All Valley uh, Karate champion, and he's using that kind of stuff to yeah, you know, he's he's a parody of himself. Cars. Yes, but but like both of them, you can see those characters actually reaching that point in their lives. Yes, like it's it's a very honest show because like. That's probably as good as Daniel ever did in his life. Like, he wasn't... I don't think he was particularly smart. I don't think he's particularly gifted at anything but karate. So the fact that he's able to cash in off this persona of being a, a former karate champion, fine. That works. Yeah. It's beautiful writing to me that, like, given the way the the original movie goes, that when you get to this point in the timeline for Cobra Kai... That now Johnny Lawrence is the sympathetic anti-hero, and Daniel LaRusso, on the other hand, is a well-intentioned villain. I fucking and hate LaRusso so wonderful. much. I hate him so He's much. He's such a smarmy dickhead, and you... his daughter is so, so shitty. Oh my god. It's they, she, like, they She's one of the characters that, to me, is completely unredeemable. Like, they're gonna have to do so much... They're like they're gonna have to move mountains if they want me to give a shit about her because she is such a little asshole. Well, it looks like in season three she's going to be nothing more than a crying robot, so that's fine. Whatever. Uh, so let's talk about some of the the new characters, uh, specifically Miguel, who seemed to be our main character, really of the the new the new batch. Uh, you know, saved yeah. by the bell, the new batch. <laughs> I think you're. Uh... Conflating the sequel series to Saved by the Bell with the sequel to Gremlins. Oh, well, whatever. It's it's the same thing. They're the same. <laughs> you know. Screech, 80s properties. Screech is a gremlin. Who gives a fuck? It's true. Don't get him wet. So yeah, Miguel, uh, he is bullied by these, I, I guess this group of five kids. Who who yeah. are are just assholes because you know we need eighties bullies in this eighties uh, spinoff series. 
Yeah. You know, they're not woke. They don't get uh, caught by the teacher. Uh, and no one shames them online for being awful people. So, typical 80s villains. 100%. So, uh, he, we we see in probably my favorite scene of the show, actually, is one of the first ones, but... Uh, they they start you know John at Johnny Lawrence and Johnny Lawrence is like all right Cobra Kai time yeah time to fuck up all these kids and in an incredible one take uh, he fucks up all these kids which is awesome because you see him actually doing the karate himself yeah um I fucking love William Zabka so much <laughs> he he was really rough in terms of line delivery early. Uh, in season two, there was only one time where like, oh, that's a bad line. But regardless, like, I thought he was pretty good in season two. Like, he, he greatly improved his acting ability in between seasons. Uh, Ralph Macchio, not so much. Yeah, I don't know. Ralph Macchio, like, he kind of had a short but notable career and then kind of just went off and lived his life. But, like, I'm glad that he's back for this. Like, he's not, he's not, like... A serious actor, but uh, like I know how much uh, like the Karate Kid movies meant to Ralph Macchio. Like, I think for a time he kind of resented them, but like as you know, because it's such a as the checks stop flowing. Well, I don't know. It's one of those things that's like it's uh it's a cultural icon that like. You know, the fans that are, like, true fans of it never stop being fans of it. And, like, I think the the fandom of the Karate Kid is what made him start liking the Karate Kid, I guess. So that's nice. I don't know. It's it's cool that he he came back for it, you know. And, like, he's, he's fine. He's not, a, like, a powerhouse actor, but, you know, he's... He's believable as a, a middle-aged man who's still hung up on his high school shit. Oh, yeah. Because I think that's just how Ralph Macchio is. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I mean, that's like the whole crux of the show is that, like, you know, he wants to pretend he's passed all of the high school shit. Like, he, he came out on top, but still, like, he's the guy just incensed by with rage like seeing cobra kai is back and it's a it's a thing again he's like oh my god i remember how terrible they used to be and no one can ever change yeah and that's the thing about daniel is that like he's always had a huge temper problem like this version of the character is like the logical extension of karate kid 3 daniel larusso right and just like being a total shitbag, <laughs> which I know you haven't seen it, but uh, I watched it, you know, a while back and talked about it on the show. And ironic, unironically, love that movie because it's terrible. Well, they even reference uh, part three in this when they talk about him go joining Cobra Kai after, uh, mm -hmm. you know, because Miyagi didn't want him to compete in the 1985. I think it was yeah. uh, karate, all, all Valley Karate Championships. And uh, I didn't know that about three. So I had to look that up. I'm like, wait, is that actually the plot of three? So I looked it up. I'm like, yep. oh, sure enough, it is the plot of three. 
Yep, and that's where all the uh, the bonsai tree stuff comes from, because Mr. Miyagi starts his own business of uh, selling bonsai trees. Yeah, and how'd that work out and for that's, him? It was actually doing really well, except that uh, di- uh, notable bully Daniel LaRusso started antagonizing a group of hoodlums who ransacked the business multiple times. That sounds like And Daniel caused LaRusso. Mr. Miyagi to lose all of his money. That sounds like Daniel. Yep. Oh, uh, back to Miguel. So, yeah, Miguel gets bullied. And then uh, in a turn of events that everyone saw once they saw the trailer, uh, Johnny Lawrence teaches Miguel how to fight using Cobra Kai. uh, And that causes Miguel to become, like, ultimate jock guy, uh, where the bullies begin to fear him. And I kind of love it. Uh, Legendary warrior Miguel. Let me just play the ending for you. No, no, I don't want to see how it ends. Okay, I could describe it. Um, Imagine you're in a room. No, 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 I don't want to know how it ends. I haven't seen the beginning. Uh, Yeah, but the ending is awesome. So if I could just play the ending. This is what you always do. You always spoil stuff Uh, for me. No, I don't. And if I could just play the ending for you real quick, then we'll discuss that. Motherfucker, you always spoil everything before I get a chance to see it. Okay, you sound like a crazy person right now. Uh, So so we, we get his new character, which is basically... I don't know, I guess overconfident? Like, it's he starts gaining the old characteristics of, like, all the old Cobra Kai kids. Like, he used to be bullied, and now it's like, oh, everyone wants to join Cobra Kai because they they watched Miguel whip the shit out of, like, five bullies that have been tormenting mm-hmm. them for their entire lives. Uh, and this is where we get, we get introduced to uh, the beginnings of uh, arguably the worst character in the show, Hawk. <laughs> um... I like things about his character. He is the cartoonish villain who, like, uh, as soon as, you know, Johnny's been on a redemptive arc, um, but, you know, foolishly allowed Crease back into his life after he knew better. Um, and, like, fr- from the very moment it happens, like, Immediately, I was like, okay, so Kreese is going to try to push Johnny out, mm-hmm. and uh, there's going to be a, a schism in the Cobra Kai dojo, and like some of the students are going to want to follow Johnny, and some of the students are going to want to follow Kreese, and Hawk is going to be like Kreese's champion badass or whatever. Correct. Um, which, you know, uh, lo and behold, a season and a half later, that's exactly what fucking happens. But... I mean, it's it's good. They earn it. Right. We we get there eventually. Like, we see him being, like, nothing but a dork. And then he just becomes, like, this overly alpha douchebag. Which, like, for mm-hmm. the rest of season one, I kind of enjoyed until he started fighting dirty at the uh, season in the season one finale. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. Because it really goes about the same as, uh, like, the whole, the whole f- season one finale is the last part of... Karate Kid, except that the Cobra Kai kid wins in the end. Right, because you've been building it towards for this kid to win the whole time. Like he he was the underdog that was bullied by all the kids and then rose up to become a a karate champion. Yeah. And it's and it's because uh the the Miyagi Do uh fighter didn't have the demon sorcerer Miyagi to come and give him unholy abilities in the final battle. Medic! 
uh they played that really well like he even started doing the rubbing his hands together thing i, I tried like to i tried to make that sound real and... close to the microphone so you could hear it but i guess you didn't it's fine yeah i don't know i was trying to explain to vanessa that's what they were doing like i clapped my hands together and started rubbing them together and she's just like what the fuck are you doing because like i clapped really loud and then the dog started freaking out and then she was just mad at me <laughs> Uh, so let's talk about the other end of that fight, Robbie Keane, uh, a.k.a. Johnny Lawrence's son, uh, who starts off as, like, a D-bag who steals things from people uh, and is sort of charming to, uh, for some reason, being very accepting of Miyagi-Do and the LaRusso patience that uh, incorporates that. Yeah, that didn't quite feel earned, but, like, sure, you need... You need the kid to turn his life around, but like the the whole thing of it is like the first two seasons, I think, are like they take place over like six months to a year, right? Maybe it's like he's still a dickhead. Like no one just turns around that quick. So like I don't know. Every now and then, like he'll still do something that's just like fucking stupid but like for the most part they try to paint him as like the the unshakable white knight like perfect character like even even more so than like daniel or like daniel's daughter because like he is the new daniel larusso of this series basically right he was the asshole and then turned turned his life around to become uh something of of a good guy fighter Although we uh with with the end of season two, we you know, uh the I think the whole thing with season two was like, oh, people can change. And then, you know, we get mm-hmm. the finale of season two, which is that it seems like nobody can change. Like and everybody's just stuck where they well, are. You you can change, but the past is still gonna come back to haunt you. Um I was really pleased that they finally acknowledged that Daniel won the karate tournament with an illegal kick to the face. Right. Uh, we're we're all happy about that. Uh, apparently they did away with that rule, which uh, I'm fine with because I loved, I think it was Miguel's first fight in the tournament and uh, LaRusso's watching him and he, he does the fucking crane kick to a kid's face. I'm like, oh my God, he just fucking yeah, flexed just to so take the hard. Piss out of him, yeah. He flexed so hard on him. I love that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how much more we want to like go. Like we could go beat by beat and talk about like every little thing that happens. But like, I'm. Uh, I like this show a lot. I'm fully on board with it. I'm excited for the third season. Um, I I want to get into season three predictions because I have a few. Okay. Um. So Crease fully pushes Johnny out of Cobra Kai. And takes over uh, training, like, the shittier students that he had. Um, I really, like, from the first part of season one, like, I was saying, man, I really want, like, one person to actually master Cobra Kai and Miyagi-Do. Because, like, both styles are kind of perfect complements to each other in a weird way. Okay. So, like... I really hope that season three is since Johnny is no longer running the dojo himself, 
that like he starts training in Miyagi-Do under Daniel and kind of learns both and then goes back and uses his superior uh, karate technique to destroy Kreese violently. Um, uh, I think that would be cool. My only problem with that is it seems like they're going to make Daniel give up karate for at least a little bit. So mm-hmm. Johnny learning Miyagi-Do wouldn't make much sense because that would take a lot of time, really, to do such a thing. Uh, if anybody does that, I think it would be uh, Aisha. Like she would go like do Miyagi Do with Sam, and that that would be their reconnection arc. Uh, because Miguel's in yeah. the hospital, and maybe Johnny's spending his time with Miguel trying to build him back up in order to be able to fight again, or at least you know be able to walk normally walk. again. <laughs> yeah, we didn't really get into it. Um, like season two ends with like a gigantic brawl in the high school. I loved uh, it, and. And it's it's so good. Um and like that whole sequence is really good and amazing. Cause not but, only do you get like all the good karate fights, but then you get like the little the little nerds fighting each other, and then mm-hmm. like the security guard's like And then uh-huh. the teacher just comes and picks him up. He's like, Nope, just slings one over his shoulder, holds the holds the one with his other arm. <laughs> and then you have uh the the like thirty year old dude who joined Cobra Kai show up. Stingray. Yeah, he shows up because uh, he wanted to be a uh security guard for the school, and then he starts kicking the shit out of Miyagi Do students because that's just who he is. <laughs> That's Paul Walter oh, Hauser, shit. and he's fucking great. But yeah, uh, the Robbie, the Miyagi Do student, uh, ends up kicking uh, Miguel, the Cro- Cobra Kai student, off of uh, a second story, like like balcony, and he lands on the stairs and like gets all fucked up and is in the hospital in a coma. Yeah, uh, which is terrible. So, like, season three looks like Robbie's going to juvenile detention. Um, Miguel's in the hospital, and Johnny's lost his dojo and his would-be girlfriend, who is Miguel's mom, and, and his son and, Proxy. Uh, Daniel's in Daniel's in danger of losing his wife because he's putting uh, his stupid high school rivalry of. Uh, karate dumb nonsense uh above his like professional life and his family life because he's a shitbag yeah yeah that's pretty pretty uh, much it yeah so uh in other teasers i saw that uh miyagi has a terrible secret apparently that daniel didn't know about so that looks like it's also coming back to to bite daniel in season four in season three yeah. So we'll see what else happens with that and how Daniel will probably be forced to fight again because it's probably a mass murderer and that's where Daniel gets his fucking psychopathic tendencies from. Yeah. Or it's a, a, a Miyagi son that we didn't know about. <laughs> Miyagi was a, a busybody and a child beater, so. So uh, as for where I think the show will go... um. I wonder, I, I I feel like at the end of the season, Johnny's going to open up a new dojo and it's going to be called like Mongoose something because the Mongoose is the natural enemy to the Cobra. Ah, yeah, uh, that's very good. So, uh, and Miguel will be well enough to be its only student. And then uh, 
because I don't think I don't think we're gonna get to all valley again because like the second season was basically all of summer that was like three months so what I've heard about season three is that there is going to be a time skip so it's gonna be uh a year to two years after season two. Oh my wow that's uh I mean I understand it but that's a bit surprising. Yeah, I don't I don't want to get too much into season 3 spoilers until I want to actually like till I actually get to watch the show, but that's uh that's one of the things I guess that they said in like the press release about it. So All right. Uh anything else you want to say about Cobra Kai? Watch it if you have not like I said, this this show it's it's been lovingly crafted by fans of the original uh source material. Um and like you don't have to have experienced any of the Karate Kid movies to enjoy this. Um if you are a fan of the first Karate Kid movie, you will be uh I would say and probably an even bigger fan of this cuz I think that this is better. Than the first Karate Kid movie, probably. If you're a fan of the the franchise of Karate Kid, you'll be very pleased with this because they throw in little nods and references to things here and there. So, and to reference what you said, you don't have to watch it in the Karate Kids to understand this. They flashback enough to the original, including a three minute start sequence to the series, which is the end of the first Karate Kid movie. Yeah, which I'm. I guess kind of surprised that they got the rights to all the stuff from the original movie. And they do, like, whenever uh, Daniel tells his story about the time he joined Cobra Kai, um, they actually do a clip from uh, <laughs> Karate Kid 3 of Kreese doing, like, his boogeyman face, where he jumps out and reveals to Daniel that he's actually still alive. And is trying to scare him. <laughs> what a movie. The movie's great. It's so stupid. I do I do want to watch them now that I've finished uh, Cobra Kai. But that, that will probably be a November undertaking since, you know, yeah. October. Yeah. The main, the main villain of Karate Kid 3 may as well have been fucking snidely whiplash. <laughs> Yay, gotta blow up the kids, see? He's got a big cigar and a fancy telephone sitting in his jacuzzi bath. Uh, what would you rate it? Uh, I would rate it a four. This is it's it's very strong. I agree. It's a, it's a strong three and a half. I I, I recommend yeah. this. I mean, it's going to take you roughly ten hours itself to binge. You could say it's the best around. Nothing's going to ever keep it down. I guess that's true. So yeah, um, Karate Kid, Cobra Kai. I I'm just I'm um, just flabbergasted this show's any good. Yeah, that was I ex- I expected it to be good. I didn't expect it to be this good. Uh if they get Elizabeth Shue to come back for the third season, I'm going to uh piss myself. All right. So uh with that and the surprisingness of Cobra Kai, uh, let's cut and do another quick break and when we come back, we will talk about a cautionary tale of Netflix for Don't Knock Twice. Baby, I 
Hey friends and potential lovers, have you ever felt so passionately after watching a TV show or a movie but not have a pal to share it with? Allow us the honor of keeping you company with our weekly podcast for your reference with your hosts, Katie and OT. Each episode, we break down our hot takes that you'll either ardently agree or vehemently disagree with, like subs versus dubs. How important is a cohesive narrative? What's with the popularity of the relatable villain? Is it possible to be truly objective in spite of your own experiences? And most importantly, are you getting a clue and which direction is it pointing? Come on now, it's pointing towards for your reference. That's a great reference. If you've got a little room in your rotation for some salacious frivolity, check out for your reference wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it is time to get into a cautionary tale of Netflix. Welcome to Cautionary Tales of Netflix. We're Netflix and Swill. You know, one-star movies are terrible. They'll make you want to gouge your fucking eyes out. And that's what this show is all about. Warning people about the dangers of shitty movies. That's right. And this week we watched Don't Knock Twice. Uh, This is a drama fantasy horror movie, apparently, on IMDb. Uh, Rated R, 5.1 out of 10. A mother desperate to reconnect with her troubled daughter becomes embroiled in an urban legend of a demonic witch. Uh, this stars Katie Sackoff. Um, they should have called this movie Don't Watch Once. I don't hate this movie, uh, but it does have a lot of problems to it. Uh, me- mainly that I have no idea what like the movie was for like the first 15 minutes. It was just like, Oh, things are happening. Uh, okay. Horrifying things are happening. And now, Oh, uh, so, uh, okay. Now we slow down to actually figure out what's really going on in the movie. Got it. Yeah. Um, and that like, it might've just been me. Cause I, I was very tired when I watched this and like, maybe just wasn't following it very well, but it just kind of seems like things happening. The movie, uh, kind of, at least for like the first 15 minutes or so it's just like hey we start with i, I think it's both char- like two characters sitting outside of an aban- like a house that's just on this abandoned lot uh overlooking a freeway uh and then they knock on a door and then spooky shit happens to them and it's not really explained mm-hmm. why it's like strangely quick that Katie Sackoff jumps on board with it's like, oh, it's the it's the ghost of the dead person. Like, I don't know. It's like it's it's annoying in horror movies when people like deny that the thing's going on, but it's also like weird whenever people immediately are like, oh, it's a par- it's the paranormal thing. This is the only thing it could be used. Uh, th- like, this is the only thing it could be is this paranormal object. Uh, I don't like this. Uh, this was the second Lucy Boynton movie, who is uh, Katie Sackhoff's daughter, uh, that I saw this week. Uh, she's also in Apostle. Uh, so I accidentally watched two Lucy Boynton movies, which I never thought would be a sentence I would say. I don't know why anything happened in this. Oh, I mean, because they wanted an excuse to have a, a creepy movie. That then turned into, oh, it's a haunting, it's a benevolent spirit because it just wants people to find out the truth. 
to then morphing into, oh no, it, it was originally what we all thought it was. It was just the weird woman who, uh, you know, uh, was having a statue made of her and her child. Uh, it turns out to be the bad person that then passes on the spirit of the the demonic presence to Katie Sackoff. And that's the movie. Yeah, I don't know. I uh, I didn't even really... I, I fucking sat through the whole thing and didn't really even pick up on that, so... <laughs> Shows uh, how much attention I paid to it. Well, that's fair. Uh, so you said your piece, I said my piece. Uh, what would you rate it? Uh, one and a half. I'm going two. It, I I do like Katie Sackhoff a lot in this movie. Like she's asked to do some some things, and she she performs them pretty pretty well. Like I think uh, because there was another movie we watched. Uh, what was it? I think last year or two years ago it was uh 2036 Origins Unknown. Yeah, that thing. Yeah, she was in, and I'm like, oh, this is a big yikes. And actually, that came out I think around <laughs> the same time as this, so it was nice to see her like actually good in something, I guess. But everybody else yeah, is whatever. Yeah, and then she was in that Another Life show on Netflix. Caleb, what are we doing next week? Uh, next week, we're watching the 40-year-old version. Uh, and we're doing a patron-requested review. Home is where the killer is. From the bastard, Nick. So, the thing you don't know about this movie that I am now going to tell you and you're going to live react to. Distributed... By Mar Vista Entertainment. Sigh. Exasperated sigh. That, so, Nick is bastard, man. Why Dan hate? Because Nick gave us Mar Vista movie. Yeah. Well, you fucking just made me watch an IFC Midnight movie, you fucking prick. Uh, look, so uh, that was the other thing I forgot that I neglected to mention was uh, I didn't realize it was IFC Midnight until I started it. And then IFC Midnight popped up and I just had this horrified reaction i literally went oh no and then proceeded to continue to watch it because that's the show (laughs) it's true thank you to space weather for the use of our theme song which is titled uh nick's a bastard and we hate him uh dan tell him stuff uh netflixandswell.com is the best place to find our show you can go to netflixandswill.com slash Patreon, contribute over to our Patreon, uh, as Caleb says in the mid-roll. Uh, if you're a $5 patron of the show, the fourth quarter patron requested reviews are up, as you can tell, because Nick uh, dropped one for us. Uh, Ashley also dropped one for us. It is a v- Nick's favorite movie of all time, Zodiac. So we'll be doing that eventually. But, uh, yeah, if you want to get in on that, make us watch, you know, good movies, or if you're Nick, potentially bad movies. Uh, Drop us a line, netflixandswill.com slash Patreon. Uh, also, netflixandswill.com slash Apple Podcasts will take you to our Apple Podcast page where you can review our show. Do it. All right. Uh, until next week, this is Caleb saying we'll see you next Tuesday because I have to go wax off.
Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.